Hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hi everyone and welcome to Hashtag Never Alone. We're back for season three. Um, this series we are going to be focusing on road to recovery for the first 10 episodes and then the last 10 episodes are going to be recovery. Um, we also have an additional bonus episode for our season finale, which is a bit different because we normally only do 20 episodes. Um, I am your host, um, lived experience host, Joe Abrick. And I'm uh, Joe's co-host, psychotherapist and relationship counsellor, Mark Fielding. Awesome. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I do, <laughs> do have COVID, so I sound a bit different. Um, that is why. Um, we just want to thank everyone that joined us for the last series. Um, we have now hit 2K place, which is amazing. Um, so thank you to everyone for joining in and Mark again for helping co-host and all our beautiful guests that we had on our series. Um, to, we are going to kick off the series by focusing on the road to recovery. Um, for the first five episodes, we will have a mix of professional and lived experience guests, and we are going to focus on the topic today of eating disorders and we are jo joined by um the lovely chloe taylor who's um, very kindly going to share her story with us thanks for joining us chloe hello there hi good morning and uh, just give us a little insight into your background and your story in regards to eating disorders mental health in general yeah yeah so um so sort of my eating disorder um, started in 2015. So I just left high school. Um, it was that sort of tricky period between leaving high school and transitioning into sort of uh, college. Um, unfortunately, I sort of wanted to sort of start a diet and it just sort of spiraled out of control um, and led to being diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. Um, and over the past seven years, um, I've been recovering. I've been um, do, doing my best to try and get back on track. And actually, where I am now is probably the best I've been in a long, long time. Clay, can I ask the, 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 the tipping point? I mean, I think you, the, the start of your story, I think, is going to be really quite familiar. So I think anyone that's suffered with, with an eating disorder... What was the tipping point between dieting and then dropping into, you know, an eating disorder, would you say, looking back? I think so. I had a lot of stresses going on. My mum my had uh, mental health issues and still suffers with mental health issues. I just sort of started college um, and that pressure of, of further education and having to meet new people and being surrounded by sort of sort of just the, just the stresses of, of growing up really and, and sort of becoming a young adult and and realizing actually now that I've got to sort of start thinking about my future um so obviously I started this sort of diet at such um where my aim was to just lose sort of a few pounds but it sort of spiraled out of control where I became obsessed with calories with looking at um contents of food with exercise with going on social media and these pro anorexia websites and 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 looking at photos of of, of people my age and, and wanting to look like them and feeling that I looked different to everyone else and it just made me feel like I just wanted to to do something to make me feel better but obviously it it, it only it took it took a lot away from me um 
yeah that that was sort of the the tipping point really yeah and for our Australian listeners like in the UK obviously college age is like 16 to 18 so it's that age you're kind of going towards being adults so you do have the extra pressure of grow, as you mentioned growing up and yeah. people tend to be a lot more judgmental at that age as well I've found that people obviously growing up you go through puberty so you start to look different people are more likely to judge at that age you will either not on the same level of growth as them or ahead of them stuff like that yeah totally agree um sort of when when I was at high school so year 11 obviously I was doing my GCSEs um and I was I'd experienced some bullying um I'd always kind of been sort of borderline underweight so I'd, I'd never sort of had issues with with food or anything like that at all when I when I was younger um but this this sort of bullying made me sort of get these thoughts of actually do I look different to everyone else is there something I need to do to change the way I look and obviously I just resorted to completely changing my diet but it 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 just went completely out of control and unfortunately I I didn't realize myself that I was causing so much harm until I was pulled into the room sat down and told that if I didn't change the way that I cope with life and, and what I'm doing at the moment then I'm going to end up doing some serious damage and that was the starting point to me realizing that I needed to to make a start on on my recovery and get back on track again and the thing I mean just to pick up on the bullying I mean the bullying is something that we've talked a lot about on the show I mean Joe you've you've had you know lived experience of being bullied and actually I have I mean I I, I was bullied in the workplace you know mercilessly in a previous job which I won't mention but you know so the bullying looking back making you feel maybe there was something different about you so so that was from what you say a little bit of a trigger yeah maybe a big trigger yeah yeah I mean you don't expect to be bullied when you're 16 years old. I think bullying seems to happen sort of when you, when you sort of move into high school and, and obviously it shouldn't happen at all. But mm. when, when you're 16 years old, you would think that most people would have matured to just accept that people look differently and not everyone, you know, is, is going to think the same, look the same and, but yeah, it, it, it just seemed to, I think it was because I wasn't in that sort of popular group at school. Um, and yeah, I was just seen to be a bit different to, to everyone else, which is completely okay, you know, but um, yeah, and, and it just stayed with me. Um, and unfortunately, obviously when I got to college, I, I just became very unwell. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the bullying in itself, I mean, it's such a, I mean, we're not talking about bullying particularly today, but it, it, it's a massive, massive thing, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. That people have to, I mean, it's trauma, isn't it? You know, so I mean, this is an enormous thing that happened. I mean, just kind of rewinding a little bit into, because I guess different people, you know, have different strategies that have eating disorders, you know, I mean, some people will maybe have small meals, some people will just restrict completely but but like from what you say it, it was kind of calorie counting and exercise was it were they the strategies that you were yeah, yeah yeah um yeah mine was generally around 
like the nutritional values of food, the making sure that I didn't go over a certain amount a day, the doing so many steps a day. I mean, I was I was transitioning between college and then I started university and I would be doing things like going up seven flights of stairs just to avoid getting in the lift. And it was just things that, it, it was just so time consuming, you know, it, it just took so much time out of my day because all I spent doing was just worrying about, about these things of, and yeah, it, it was just a horrible, horrible time for me. And I can never imagine going through that again. And, and the cognitive component, I mean, what, 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 was, what was your mind doing? I mean, what kind of, I'm guessing your mind's producing quite a lot of messages around. You know, My mind was having... racing constantly. Yeah. I, I couldn't sleep because I would be worrying about what I'd eaten during the day. I would wake up and I would have to get on the scales and, and I'd have to see what, you know, what have, have I lost weight? If it stayed the same, then what can I do differently today to try and lose that little bit to make up for it? And, you know, if I had had a treat, you know, if, if for example like on my birthdays I would get bought a cake if I had a bit of cake then I would have to compensate the next day to to make myself feel better so it was just it was these little kind of things but it all added up and and made me so miserable and I just couldn't realize at the time how devastating it was for my mum to sit there and watch me lose so much weight and just become she, she described me as a shell of my former self and I can really see that now I can see the impact of of all of this and and how unwell I was yeah and um, what sort of steps um did you take to kind of start your journey to recovery so obviously yeah rec recovery was was a massive um was always something that I wanted I I always was was very clued up about my eating disorder I knew exactly what it was doing to me but I just couldn't seem to make the changes myself on my own so obviously my mum my mum recognised she made a, an appointment at the GP for me and I think that is the first point of call is is going to your GP um and maybe with with a with a family member or a friend because going on your own you probably won't open up as much as you would if if you had someone with you who who can actually see the damage that is being done so went went with my mum to the GP um, and they referred me straight to CAMS um, the adolescent mental health service um, and they had a specific eating disorders team and I was seen probably in two weeks of being referred um, so I was very, very lucky because I know that waiting times at the moment are a lot longer than than two weeks. Yeah. So the, G, the the GP was because you know you hear different things and different GPs are different, but yeah. but the GP was was sounds really helpful and quite open, really. Yeah, the GP yeah. had been a, a family GP, um, yeah. so it, it it seen me since you know for for a long, long time, and 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 previous to my eating disorder, I had. Um, anxiety and um, ADHD which was diagnosed so it wasn't as if I was new to to the GP uh, uh, with my mental health issues um, yeah she was very very quick to recognize that I had all the sort of signs and symptoms of an eating disorder 
uh, and was quick to to get me on that um, referral to the mental health team who who were, were yeah amazing um I, I can't thank them enough for, for the initial support they provided to get me back on track with with my first steps of recovery could you tell us a little bit around w- what they did Chloe I mean someone that you know for a listener that has an eating disorder yeah. that, that goes for help what, what what does it look like what can I expect so I was transitioning between CAMS and adult services at the time because uh, I was sort of 16, 17. Uh, but when I first uh, got the support from CAMS, it was generally meeting with uh, a mental health practitioner every week. It was setting out sort of small goals, um, you know, developing a, a meal plan as such, where you were kind of, you had these set sort of, set sort of safe foods that you would eat. Um, Rather than going to the supermarket and, and having to look around at everything, you would kind of have these set set meals that you mm. that were nutritious, but you knew were sort of safer, so you didn't feel overwhelmed and, and trying to avoid the, the calorie count and as such, because if you were eating the sort of same things, you would know that that, that was okay. Um, obviously, the, the difficult part of it was you'd have to be weighed, um, and that is always quite a difficult part of of um an eating disorder is is knowing what your weight is and and seeing that um but that is just is just part of the recovery um i think it's the cognitive behavioral therapy as well the the cbt um and that that was a massive part of of looking at the thoughts and the and the deeper sort of causes of what why you're thinking that way and how you can change and rationalize your thinking could, you, could I ask you just to expand a bit on that, Chloe, just yeah. into, in terms of the CBT and looking at your thoughts? I guess the CBT really looking at the cognitive component that, that is in some ways driving the eating disorder. What, yeah. what, what, what do you remember about it? What, what kind of things? So there was sort of like a, um, a booklet that we worked through. I think it was called the mantra. Um, so obviously each um, eating disorder service has their own way of sort of managing that that sort of therapy side of things um so we worked through this booklet um and it was sort of initially looking at understanding your eating disorder um it was looking at um so for example there was sort of two pictures on a page uh, one of them was um drawing how drawing what your eating disorder looks like in your body and drawing what your body would look like if you'd recovered and you were free of free of your eating disorder and that actually that that little aspect of things really opened up my eyes to the the damage that it was causing not only my mental health but my physical health as well and moving forward what I would like to kind of look like as such and yeah that that so the therapy I mean it's it's different for everyone it's quite difficult because you are really it's very intense you are looking at all of these all of these thoughts and it can bring back a lot of trauma and emotions that you don't necessarily that you haven't necessarily experienced before Mm. um yeah it was it wasn't an easy time but it was something that I needed to do 
Yeah. Um, so, as you mentioned before, you um, your mum was very supportive. Was your the rest of your family and friends supportive? Did you have a good support network? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mum obviously hadn't hadn't experienced any. Had, had never. She didn't know what an eating disorder really was. Um, she was very new to it. Um, she was actually quite grateful to get the support from CAMS as well. They'd done a lot of family therapy sessions with us. Um, they gave her sort of one-to-one support, um, a lot of resources. So she was able to sort of join, um, you know, groups with with other parents and, and family members of, of young adults with eating disorders. Um, my, my sister was at uni at the time, but she would come home and, and she would, we, we would talk every day and she's she's a similar age to me so I think she could understand more than my mum of of the pressures of on on sort of people young adults our age um and I think yeah my my friends I I have to say I probably did lose a few friends when I was was unwell I think because I wasn't going out I was isolating myself all of my time was spent thinking about food about weight about body image and I just wasn't good company or you know I was just causing a lot of of friction between my friendship group because I wasn't able to to do the things that they they wanted me to do and I guess the sheer exhaustion of um sorry the the sheer exhaustion of not eating I mean I guess it becomes normalized with an eating disorder but but looking back, I guess you, you, you without the without the kind of you know the energy that the food provided. I mean, you must have been absolutely exhausted the whole time. And then you're also trying to manage, you know, a massively invasive cognitive component. I mean, it it must have been pretty overwhelming. I would imagine. Yeah, so overwhelming. I mean, I, I was trying to. I, I was doing my uh, level three apprenticeship, um, at level three diploma. Sorry, at, at Suffolk One uh, sixth form. Um, and then I went to university um, and I managed a year before I then went into hospital. Um, and that was the second part of my sort of recovery was was going inpatient. Um, and I'm happy to talk about that if if that would help. Um, so I went into a sort of specialist clinic um, for eating disorders. Uh, there was sort of 10 of us. And it was very, very difficult to be with to be constantly 24 7 with other adults uh, young adults with eating disorders because it's a very you you compare yourself a lot to what other people look like and to see other people struggling so much and to see them underweight and to see them walking away from the table because they didn't want to finish their meals and and see them so distressed it was very difficult but definitely saved my life when I was at the worst part of my eating disorder if it wasn't for that inpatient episode I don't think I would be where I am now yeah I've been through a similar experience but I've spoken about on podcast I was uh, inpatient with mental health I think helps massively it might not seem like the best your favorite place at the time or no, no, 100%. It, it was, It's yeah. the best place to be, really. And it does help hugely. Like, anyone that's scared that they are admitted into those sort of places, it's honestly best for your mental health to be there because 
the, you're with people that know what they're talking about. I think a key message is to, ex to, to accept the help because so many people don't feel like they don't want to get better. They're scared. I mean, I was scared because I was worried that when I went into this inpatient unit, that all they wanted to do was just put loads of weight on me and I would, and I would just come out you know overweight or I, I I just had these weird thoughts that it it was just going to do more damage to me than than make me better but actually I accepted the help I went along with the with the program I done everything that I was asked of um I and I made friends I managed to go out and, and start doing things that i that I hadn't done for like three or four years, you know, going out for a coffee or just going for a meal with with a few friends. And, and that just felt amazing to be able to do that when for so long I would just I was just so isolated and I didn't want to see anyone. I I just I'd never felt so scared and 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 it was just so it, yeah it was a horrible time but but recovery is is possible and i am so fortunate to have chosen that route i mean this is why it's so great to have you on because i mean i think yours is a really inspiring story really for people that i mean people with you know it's it's so common isn't it unfortunately it you know, really but, <clears throat> but but your recovery i think is going to be really really inspiring for people that are you know down in the depths of struggling with an eating disorder yeah I mean could, could I just ask a little bit more about the, the continuation of your recovery so the, the inpatient state was, was incredibly difficult but really helped so, so then what happened I mean what's happened subsequently in terms of your recovery so I I was obviously under mental health services who then referred me to inpatient when I came out of hospital I then went back under mental health services um, and our appointments started to become sort of less frequent uh, as, as I was getting back on track and, and actually starting to manage things on my own starting to get that more support from my mum as she was able to kind of take that away I mean she she had a lot of therapy and, and support um through my inpatient um episode as well so we we worked together really um and yeah I, I started uni then I um I decided not to go back to uni uh, just because I thought actually I've just come out of hospital is that the best decision to make to then go straight back into mm -hmm. education and all of the stresses of, of doing assignments and things so I started a little part-time job and I absolutely loved it I I thought I thought I could never I would never be able to work or to, to do these normal things that, that most adults can do. Um, and yeah, that, that was a massive change in, in my life was, was, was starting a, a part-time job. Um, but it, it definitely opened up my eyes to, to more opportunities. Um, yeah, it, I think recovery is, is different for everyone um and you you've definitely got to be willing and and strong to to make that step yeah um what sort of, of yeah so what sort of um advice would you give to others the, at the start of their journey in regards to eating disorders 
Um, I would say just just please try and accept the help that you are given. Um, make utilize any resource that 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 you that you know about that it, that you're told about. Um, you know, speak out about it. Speak to your family and friends. Educate them because. If, if people don't know about these things, then no one's ever going to be able to kind of help and, and understand and, and help you through, through that journey, because that is so key, having that support around you, because it's so difficult to do it on your own. It, it really is. Um, it, I mean, I, I was discharged from mental health services uh, about four years ago now. And I have to say, when I was discharged, I was so frightened that I would just spiral back again because I'd had that help for so, so long. And I, I, I never, I couldn't imagine life without it, without going and seeing my nurse and talking to her every week, um, having her at the end of the phone and doing these therapy sessions and these support groups and, but, I then started to get kind of get my friendship groups back again and going out and socializing and just seeing what the normal world was like and I think that that was amazing I mean over the past few years I've made so many new friends I've done so many things that I never thought I would have done I've been on two holidays on my own uh, I started an amazing job in the NHS um, and I'm so proud I'm able to help others and I just can't explain how much recovery means to me and yeah it, 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 it just makes me feel so proud of myself that I accepted the help and I was willing to to recover because I, I couldn't imagine what life would be like if I lived with my eating disorder for much longer than than what I did. Yeah, yeah. and I guess yeah. with the, the reinforce of getting your life back, I mean, something you said a few times, it, it's a real reinforce. Because I guess when you're, you know, in the midst of an eating disorder, you don't really realize how much your life is retracting and shrinking because you know and food becomes everything, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. yeah you can't see the light you you think that you're going to live like this for the rest of your life mm. you honestly do you you think I, I just I'm, I'm never ever going to be able to recover because I'm so every, every day just feels it just felt like Groundhog Day it just felt every day I was just going through the same yeah. things you know I was getting up I was weighing myself I was then I just spent the whole day just worrying and just sat in my bedroom and, and just not knowing who to turn to and what to do. Um, and, and just, yeah, it, it, it was frightening. And, but, but now I look back and I think, wow, like, how, how, how did I manage to, to live like that? How, how did I let myself get like that? And, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm I'm so proud, and I and I just I just want others to know that recovery is it really is possible, and it can be done. And you need to just speak out about it. You need to make sure you get all of the support you can. Um, you you need to engage. Engagement is is really important. Um, for for mental health. Um, 
I know, I know some people might not feel like they want the help. Um, I know when I was an inpatient, a lot of the um, young, young girls, um, they, they, they were scared to recover and they, they, they kept saying to me, like, I don't know how, how you do it. Like, what, how, how are you managing to, to eat all of your meals and to go to all of the, the groups and to, to manage outside of, outside of here? And I just said, you, you, you've just got to accept, accept the help that, that you're given. Yeah. There's, it, it's difficult, but that, that's, <laughs> that's what you have to do if you want to make that change. And it's only you that can make that change. Mm. As, much, as much support as you get from others, it's you that has to change your life and want, want to do it. That's a great message. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the VED is like, you know, I mean, just to try and separate it out as a kind of, you know, as a character, I I guess it kicks and screams. You know, when you're trying to get help, I mean, the ED is saying, don't get help, don't tell anyone. It's like a separate entity, isn't it? That's always the flavor. It's like another kind of person person living inside you. Um, It's saying to you, yeah, don't don't accept the help. Um, What are you doing? You know, yeah. You're you're eating food that that isn't safe. You're you're going to put on loads of weight. You're everyone's going to be judging you because you're going to look bigger than everyone else. And and what you're not going to be strong and powerful. And I think for me, my I my eating disorder it made me feel better than everyone else because I was able to to lose weight quickly. I was I felt. I was in control and that that is a massive aspect of things because you really aren't in control um I mean you're in control because you're yeah it's it's very diff, it's very difficult to know what in control means because you you you're letting the eating disorder over, overall what what you want to do and and I, I knew that the choices that I made were were not the right ones to make, but at that at that point in time, I just I couldn't um, imagine not accepting what the eating disorder was telling me and and overruling it because I would face consequences. Did you want to go, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saying it's a really inspiring story, fellas, and. It's good to hear that you're doing well and you're helping yeah. others as well. Yeah, it's so nice. I've, I've I've managed to kind of um, I've done the mental health first aid course through my through my work, um, and and that that was incredible. Um, I met I've I've met and I've been able to help others. Um, I've had people come forward to me who's who have children who have developed eating disorders or who have eating disorders themselves. And just to be able to talk to them about my experience, they they feel inspired to to know that there is there is a, a way out of it. Um, and unfortunately, some some of the some of the girls that I was inpatient with um, were sort of in their thirties and forties, and 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 they kept saying to me, "I don't. I, I feel now that it's that it's it's part of me. It, I will never be able to get rid of it." And that absolutely broke my heart because. 
I just I just wish that they could see that it, it doesn't matter how old you are if if you accept the help and you're willing to to recover and you're willing to to engage in that support and you're willing to try and turn your life around you you can recover you can recover it you really can it might be difficult because it's been in your been part of you for for you know for for so long and but yeah it's possible and it's just really difficult to hear from other people when when now now that I'm kind of past that that awful awful part of my life to hear from other people that are going through it how how they're thinking about it and and what they're going through yeah, I mean, yeah, it's incredibly inspiring, really. And, and the fact, you know, that you're kind of transmuting your own suffering, yeah. you know, in order to help, help others. I mean, I always think that's a really beautiful thing, really. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd do anything to, to, to help to help my friends, my family. I mean, I mean, my mum, my I've been sort of caring for her for a long time and I've seen her going through her recovery journey as well with, with, with other sort of mental health yeah. issues. And yeah to, to help others it, it it gives it gives something back to to you because it it just makes you think I've been through this I know exactly what you're going through but I promise you that it, it will get better it, it takes a long long time it's took me seven years to get to where I am now it takes a long, long time and it won't be easy. I mean, there were stages I, I went through where I relapsed a little bit, then I got back on track and then I went back downhill. And it, it does go like that, but but it but in the end, it, it will all work out. It will all fall into place. Um, it, it, it won't work out like your eating disorder tells you it will. You, you know, you won't pile on pounds because you've gone out for a meal with your friends it all just falls into place and it and it, it will just feel amazing because you just have that freedom to to do what what you want to do to make your own decisions and that is that is absolutely amazing awesome did you have anything you'd like to promote or anything um possibly for you yeah so there's there's a few resources that were key to me um the bee eating disorder charity um who have their um helpline who uh, i think they're open every day of the year they have been amazing um even the online resources the online forums um the the sort of live chats um so they do sort of online forums in the evenings for different age groups um and um, depend on on sort of what eating disorder you're diagnosed with to get that right support for your for your needs um and and um obviously the mental health services just just utilizing them and um yeah making sure you go to all your appointments um and and having that number um i mean i i called them out of hours a lot because i, I was so distressed during during my eating disorder and just to have that chat with someone who really understands that that made all the difference you know I was able to actually get some sleep because I'd, I'd spoken through with someone who uh, about all the stuff that was going on inside my head um support groups are really good as well 
um, there was a, a support group through Mind, um, which which was ran in my in my local town, um, and they they were great. Uh, there was sort of like fifteen of us, and we'd all we'd all sit round and, and we'd just have a general chat about what was going on, um, how how we can support each other, um, what 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 resources people have have, have, have sort of picked up on. Um, yeah, there's so much out there, um, but like I say, you, you've got to be willing to to accept it and to to take that next step. Yeah, and just to pick up on that, I mean, this is something that is really essential, something you said many times, you've got to accept the help. The well, eating disorder won't want you to, but, no, but the help is available. Yeah, will, willpower, I mean, it's like someone with with a with a gambling addiction or that you know who smokes or you know a, a, a drinking addiction you know it's 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 you, you, yeah you, you've got to have that willpower um and sometimes there are times where it's pop, it might not be best if you do take that next step because you feel so overwhelmed and, and maybe you need yeah. to wait a few weeks before you then get get back on that up back on track i mean there, there were times where i would take a, a, a break from from mental health services um just because I, I just felt like i was just going round and round in circles and then i would kind of i'd have a couple of weeks to to think about things and think about what i really wanted and and actually that that opened my eyes to think, no, I, I definitely do. I, I definitely do want to recover. So actually I'm I'm going to I'm going to speak to my, my mental health practitioner and get back on track again. So, uh, just before we wrap up, um, as Mark mentioned before, um, what's your favourite piece of advice to give to others? Um that's quite a difficult one because there's so much that's that has helped me. Well, there could be more than one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think talk, talking, talking to people. I know that sounds so simple, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's so important. Just just yeah. talk to people. Tell them how you feel. Don't don't feel afraid to 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 talk about mental health um, because you you never know that person you're talking to. They they may be going through similar experiences or or another mental health issue. And actually, if you can share things between you you can help each other um talk yeah talk talking um to, to friends family to to your mental health team um and accepting the resources that that are available to you um and trying to get back to to sort of normality whatever normality is you know if someone invites you out just go out have have a, have a nice evening out with with your friends because it will it will it will really open your eyes to how amazing life is and and how how much you can do when you're not living in in the world of of anorexia thank you very much well i'd say thank you to chloe for joining us and for thank being you our so first, much and thank you for being our first guest this season three um it's certainly be a brilliant episode and very really nice to hear your story and glad to see you're helping others and doing well yourself and um, so thank you to mark for helping host yet another episode 
Um, hopefully we can reach the, the next target this season of uh, 3,000 <laughs> listeners. Um, and also anyone that's listening, if you've been affected by any of the topics covered in this episode, um, please contact your local helpline or um, national helpline. Uh, it really does help, especially at a time of need. Um, and thank you to our listeners for listening. And we'll be back for another episode soon. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Nice.